Victory Podcast. It is game week, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the Second Victory Podcast. I hope you are as excited as we are. Austin Nelson with my guys, Brett Batchelor and Chris Carter. What's up, fellas? What is going on? What's up? Man, it is game week. <laughs> the Titans play football like in a few days, guys. Like a real game. <laughs> a real wild. game. I mean, I think we're I think we're all skeptical about this, you know, COVID going on and all of that. We all kind of had it in the back of our minds that football might not happen. And here we are. I could cry. Honestly, I could cry. Right? I know. I I mean, the NFL seems to have really handled the COVID protocols and all that really well, with the exception of Isaiah Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) He would be the only one person. Like, it would be a Tennessee Titan. Oh, man. Uh, So, we're doing something different tonight. We're on Zoom instead of our our usual podcast uh, platform that we're on. We thought we'd do something different and kind of see our faces and – See how that works out, and so um, enjoying it. You guys look great. Yeah, appreciate that. So it's nice uh, to see right. each other. I know, right? We don't we don't ever do this, so it's it's different. We always just hear our no, voices. But I know. We're finally, doing a face to face thing. So um, so this podcast we're very excited for. Uh, we try to get a few guests on, but it didn't work out the way we planned it. So um, you are going to be getting a prediction podcast from us this time. Um, we're going to go over the predictions. Um, of our bold takes for the 2020 season, we are going to preview the Denver game for Monday Night Football and talk about a few other things here and there in between. But uh, we're pretty excited. We've been talking about this this podcast for some time now, so we're finally excited to get to it and, and, and talk about this. And so we'll kind of start, guys, with a few notes um, from this last week, um, a few signings for the Titans. One, um, it finally was finalized with Steven Goskowski, a kicker. I mean, guys, we got to think about it. Goskowski's been with the Patriots for, for so long. Like, he used to be, like, before Justin Tucker, before, yeah. like, Harrison Butker, before, I mean, whoever you want to call it, like, Goskowski was the kicker in the ball. Like, everybody drafted first overall as the kicker in all your fantasy league. So, he's on the light, back end of his career. He's 36, I believe, Chris. 36, Is that right? yeah. yeah, 36. I he's wasn't, like, comparing your age with his. I was just saying. Is that, <laughs> right. No, his I age? mean, I, I was about to compare my age with his. He's, he's been the Patriots kicker since I was a senior in high school. And I'm 32 now, so. That's yeah. crazy. That's so wild. So, he's he still, obviously, he lives here in Franklin now, in, in, in surrounding Nashville. John Robinson wouldn't just bring a kicker in if he didn't trust him. He obviously had to see nope. something in him to let Greg Joseph go. So, I'm, I'm confident in Goskowski. He didn't just lose it. Fingers crossed. So, yeah, um, I think that's a good signing for the Titans. Another signing that we have talked about on like seven podcasts this summer <laughs> is like now we can actually be that, happy about it. Yeah, he's 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 finally happened. Jadavian Clowney is finally a Tennessee Titan. Round of applause, guys! Come on. <laughs> and we have seen the tweet with pen to paper, so we do yeah, know it's real. Literally, where were y'all at when you found out? I was at a uh, I was at a four year old's birthday party. I think I was on I was on the golf course. I'm pretty sure. Really? <laughs> yeah. I was at um, Penn's Mechanical downtown, um, nice. and the nice. bartender was like dropping off our drinks, and I saw a text from somebody saying it happened, and I knew exactly what they were talking about because we were talking about it the, the the day of, and so I just went straight to Twitter. 
I saw Diana Rossini's t- uh, message and I like just, I screamed it out and the bartender was like, no shit. And I was like, I'm serious. <laughs> like, look here. So we all like, couldn't believe it. It was, it was crazy, but uh, yeah, man, it, it finally happened. Let's kind of talk about the details of it real quick. So he gets a, um, this is from Tom Pelissero on Twitter, uh, breakdown of Javian Clowney's one year deal with the Titans. The $6.25 million signing bonus with 525 base salary guaranteed. Uh, he gets 1.5 in per game active bonuses. So if he hits a certain incentive and then he has some other incentives as well. Uh, 500K for 70, 75% of playing time, uh, another 250 for 75% in the playoffs, another 250 for making the Pro Bowl, and then 1 million for 10 sacks. So base value 13, max 15. I think it's a win win situation, guys. What do y'all it's think? Win win situation, bro. I mean, when you let him, just let him earn all 15 either way. Clown, Clowney makes less than a million more than Malcolm Butler. Yeah. Uh, who, Seriously. Had, who, who got a good contract, what, three years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's a heck of a deal. Uh, I like it. I like the incentives. Um, I, I think they'll, uh, that's obviously going to push them um, and incentivize them to, to do better. Um, but, you know, we've said it many times on this podcast this helps Harold Landry more than it helps anybody. Yeah. Um, I know um, I, I saw some commentary today that, that uh, not, not naming any names, no free shout outs. Uh, but I saw where somebody today said that uh, Clowney doesn't really get double teamed off the edge, which is completely not true. Uh, Jadavian Clowney was one of the most double teamed edges uh, last year uh, and had a solid win rate against them. So, uh, you know, I think he's going to free up Landry to do some work. He's going to free up Jeff Simmons to do some work. Uh, should be interesting. I like the comfort level with it, honestly, because we saw the huge contract that he was looking for, and he signed for way less than what he was looking for, honestly. Like, he could he could have not played this year if he really wanted to. If he really not wanted to play football and get the big contract next year, then he easily could have done that. But the fact that it's with Mike Grable, as we've all said before, goes such a long way. He's good to send that comfort level. He played with him in Houston. He has buddies like he's, like we've said before with Jonathan Joseph. So getting him into a defense that he's comfortable with, with a solid contract for the team and the incentives for him, just makes it a win-win situation, like you said, Austin. I was nervous about the Saints coming in and really getting him. I thought it was going to happen. Yeah. It ended up not happening. Um they they were trying they were trying to scheme their way through it though. NFL denied it pretty much, yeah. They wanted yeah. to trade some cash for Clowney, and NFL asked that they said you can't you can't do that. So right, it wasn't it wasn't like a CP three deal that kind of thing. If you exactly. That, so like, no, oh yeah. You do. Right, being a Lakers fan. So yeah, yeah, like yeah. No, I definitely. Like, you can't trade cash. So, um, and in the end, Clowney signs the Titans, and echoing y'all, it, it makes plenty of sense on both sides. He gets his money. And uh, it helps the Titans out in the, in the best way possible. The weakest position sure. on the team, he fulfills it. Beasley's back. If you guys saw today in practice, Clown is out there. Beasley's out there. Landry's out there. Correa. I mean, it, it's a good Everybody. Unit now. It's a good it's unit. So early. He fulfills it. But, Chris. R4 deep at edge is exciting. I mean yeah. – you know, if Correa plays as good as he was playing at the end of last season, if Landry can put it, put it all together, uh, and then if it, if it, you know, gets back to the Vic of old, dude, there are 4-deep at, at outside linebackers insane, actually. Yeah. If uh, 
if Clowney can be, I mean, even like if you add in the D line with that, uh, Chris, like if Clowney can be as disrupted and if teams game plan for him, like we know they, they had before think about Daquan and Simmons up the middle. I mean, it's going to be more sacks than we've ever seen in, in you know, with the Titans. So, um, I, I'm just so happy it finally happened. It's a guy the Titans have needed it so bad for so long. I, I've said, for, like, you got to remember, like, when we had the two and 14 teams, the three and 13 teams, I said the uh-huh. Titans need a a linebacker. They needed, like, a corner. They need speed in the backfield. Like, they needed so many positions. Everything. And they they have everything now. That's the crazy <laughs> part about it. Like, they have, they're so deep in so many areas. It's mind-blowing to kind of see how this roster has turned from night to day since 2015. So All credit to John Robinson. Uh, all credit to John Robinson and what he's building, man. Credit to Amy, Amy, Amy Abbott-Strunk, too, that first oh, picture. for uh, sure. Kalani was with her. You know, as soon as he got off the plane. So that was big time. But uh, All right, so we talked about predictions, and I'm going to let Chris kind of uh, tease this. Because <laughs> last year, when they couldn't make it on the last prediction podcast for 2019. So it was just Chris and I. We made it a longer podcast uh, because it was just him – Kind of went in depth with our predictions, and and Chris and I went a whopping. I think we did three for offense, three for defense. Do I remember that correctly? We did. We did. Yeah. All right, so we went up, went out whopping over twelve. Already, we didn't get a single one right. So, so we try to be better. At least one of us in this group, we ha- we got to get one right this year. So Chris, take it away. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'll go Austin's offense. Uh, his three <laughs> predictions first. Uh, Why well, me first, man? <laughs> So his first prediction was Corey Davis has over 1,000 yards receiving. He had 601, so that was wrong. wrong. <laughs> uh, Titans offense will have four pro bowlers. They had two, so that was wrong. And Marcus Mariota has over 4,000 yards and 25 <laughs> touchdowns. He had 1,203 so yards and seven touchdowns. And a big So, so right. strike, strike out on, on the offense <laughs> for Austin there. Um, so my three offense, I, I did a little better. Uh, I said Jack Conklin returns to form and gets a long-term extension uh, with the Titans. Uh, he did return to form, and he did get a long-term extension, or long-term <laughs> just not with, not with the Titans. <laughs> so I, I got that one partially right. Uh, my second one was my big one. Uh, Derrick Henry tops 1,400 rushing yards. Uh, he had 1,540, so I got that one there right. There you go. And then my third one was Marcus Mariota starts at least 15 games. He started <laughs> six. So, um, rough situation there. Um, I'll start with my defense this time. So, on defense, I had Rashawn Evans leads the team in tackles plus six sacks. He was too short of leading the team in tackles. Uh, Logan Ryan did that. Uh, and he only had two and a half sacks. Um, second one was that Dory Jackson has at least five interceptions. Uh Zero. He had zero on that one. Mm. Uh, and then I said, Titans will be a top three defense in points allowed. They were 13th. Mm. Um, so, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I don't think any of those were bad predictions. Adoree, obviously, yeah. uh, he just – I don't know what it is with Adoree. He just doesn't get picks. But he plays yeah. the ball so well. Plays the ball yeah. so well. Uh, he's yeah. a great corner. Um, Austin's three predictions on defense. Uh, Rashawn Evans will have over 100 tackles. So he got that one. Uh, he had 111. So um, the Titans will lead the league in sacks. They were 13. And Kevin Byard will win defensive player of the year. That was Stephon Gilmore. So 
again, I don't think any of our predictions were bad. Uh, maybe the Mariota ones. No. Um, but mm. hopefully uh, we do a little better this year. All right. So we did, I, did, I did better than I thought. So I got one, right? I got the Rashad. You got one. And, I would say I got one and a half. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that is so funny. It's a lot. I mean, I, we, we were just so biased on Marcus. We, we, we thought we that 2019 was his year. Like, we thought that it was him. Oh, man, what could have been? What should have been? But did you, did you see he got hurt? He's, he's, I did. Marcus did. Already on our. What else is Already. What else is new? There's just a whole lot of mental hurdles there that he never got over, and I don't know if he ever will. I think so, too. I think so, too. We talked about – it's like one of those, like, um, things that will never leave my mind with, with on this podcast. Rhett. Brian talked about a lot that um, he always thought that Marcus would retire early. And I'm not going to say it's it's pointing that direction, but uh, I still wouldn't be surprised if that did happen. Yeah. You know, if it didn't work out this year with, with the Raiders, um, if that is something that he would do. So. And I think, I think Rhett, um, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, Rhett said if, if there was injury, he would lean toward retiring. Um, Obviously, we know he it wasn't an injury. He just got benched because he was playing awful. Um, so, I, I definitely think if, if the injuries persist with the Raiders, it, it could be a short a short time there. Thanks, so. I read a lot of stuff. I don't know how we got on Marcus. It was my fault. But um, a lot of stuff during training camp that he just didn't look good. Um, a lot of in- inaccurate passes. Um, a lot of uh, staying after practice and, and Mayock saying that he was a great – person and not a great player everybody says but we already knew that. and don't remember bro they they gave him some nice money for a backup quarterback too yeah man you nice have, you money good contract and because well i mean mayo and Gruden have always been huge on him both of them yeah. as soon as he got drafted they both loved him yeah I remember uh did that uh he used to do that quarterback uh sitting mm-hmm. down Mm-hmm. And he did it with Marcus and, and raved about him. He did. Mayock did the same thing at NFL when he was still at NFL Network. And yeah, real quick, how crazy is that that you can be an analyst for a TV network and then you all of a sudden you're a general manager in the NFL? That's what happens now, man. These 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 analysts are valued. They 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 I are think front office kind of uh, see that they may have more insight than somebody's actually in the building um, or who's yeah. been around, you know front offices as well i think what was it um last year the year before lou riddick uh, lou riddick and then it was help me out daniel jeremiah oh yeah talking about the smooth stick was that the jets job the jets job yeah yeah i I didn't want to say it because somebody talked about daniel olofsky being a quarterback's coach now too now that didn't happen but i mean he's been he's been in talks I love Orlovsky. I think that whole crew now in NFL Live with him, Marcus Spears, Keyshawn Johnson's great too. Yeah, he's whole, great. Uh, collection they have going on. But, I think okay. the Monday Night Crew that the Titans are going to have is going to be good too. Steve Levy and Brian yes. Greasy and Lou Riddick as well. That's going to be real good. Absolutely, I think it'd be. Uh, I agree. It's. I mean, it's the best they can do right now until they find a, a permanent Monday Night Football replacement because we know that yeah. they don't have that at the moment. So. Yep. Until Peyton agrees, or they can pay enough money to get Romo or, or another big name yeah. player. To, uh, to come out, I think, uh, kind of just to make do with what they have. But 
Um, all right, so Chris, you talked about our predictions from last year. Let's make sure they're not as worse this year. We're just doing three <laughs> totals. You can pick them from, you know, all three on defense, all three on offense, whatever you want to do. Um, you're more than welcome to. I have mine. Chris, you have yours. Brett, you didn't do last year, so we'll let you start this year, man. Go ahead. You may go and do all three right now? All three. All three right now? Okay, we'll start with the offensive side of the ball, and I will go to A.J. Brown. And I've said before that I think he'll be the only receiver under over 1,000 yards. And that's, again, like I said, no knock to the rest of the receivers, but because of all the weapons that the Titans have, he'll just be the, the main guy to get the most catches other than Adam Humphreys. I'm saying A.J. Brown will have over 1,200 yards receiving and eight-plus touchdowns on the season with that right there. Uh, actually, no, this, this is bold prediction. We'll say over 1,200 yards, and I'll go 10 touchdowns. Um, don't know. Hopefully I'll be one for two on those. That'd be real nice. Um, we'll go to the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to say that Kevin Byard has at least two pick sixes. Um, I would like to make it three, but I'll, I'll, I'll say that I'll keep it at two and we'll go two plus. Um, and then we'll go to special teams. And then I will say that Steven Gostowski misses no more than three field goals on the season. And Brett Kern will have everything in the coffin corner. He'll be a special teams uh, pro bowler once again. I like it because remind me if, if I'm wrong, but KB has no pick sixes in his career right now. He's Correct. Very. Yep. That's very so true. No pick sixes. In a season would be, would, is bold. So. Right. Um, I liked it. Chris, you going to go for it? Yeah. <clears throat> I'll, uh, I'll start on the deep or the offensive side of the ball as well. <laughs> uh, I've got Darrington Evans. With 800 oh. yards of offense. Whoa. <laughs> Not <laughs> expecting you to run out Darrington no. Evans on his podcast. <laughs> Darrington Evans. Okay. Yeah, man. I think, right. uh, I, I think they see him as a weapon, and they're going to move him all over the place. So, um, you know, I, I, think, I think probably, you know, 300 rushing, probably 500 receiving, something like that. A little split there. But 800 yards of offense is my prediction for him. Uh, second, second, uh, the boy Harold Landry uh, with 12 and a half plus sacks. And wow. last but not least, I have the Titans with a top five scoring offense in the NFL. I like that. I love it. I like that one. Okay. Austin, I you like got to step up to the plate here this time. See, my so when Chris talked about my 2019. Predictions. They're almost similar to my 2020. I just didn't remember what I what I talked about last year. So right. they're similar, but I'm going to kind of stick to my guns um, with what I did last year. It's a little bit similar for this year. Um, so I'm going to go opposite of you, Brett. I think the Titans have 2,000-yard receivers. I like it, though. I don't think that's ever been done in Titans franchise history. So I think this is the year – they do it with the uh, the Arthur Smith offense. So you're going to have Corey Davis and, and it, who's due for 1,000 yards, get his. And A.J. Brown, we know, should get his as well. So 2,000-yard receivers with – if we want to throw in a little extra spice, like with a combined 13 touchdowns. Yeah. Combined That's fair. Touchdowns. That's totally fair. Um, okay. So Chris brought up a good point. I was going to bring it up. So the Titans, you know, as bad as we talked about sacks for last year and the pass rush, they were 13th in, in sacks a year ago. So it wasn't as bad as we – I thought it would be. So I'm going to go – they step mm -hmm. up to the plate, top five this year in sacks. Oh, 
So a better pass rush. So they'll go top five in sacks in 2020. And then I'm going to kind of piggyback off you, Brett, with your Kevin Byard take. Uh, not only does he have two pick sixes, like you said, but he also leads the league in receptions. Love to see it. I would love to so, see that again. If I had a, I, I mean, I don't know how much, you know, a player these days are leading the league in interceptions. It's probably around seven or eight, but I'd go in that range, eight or nine. KB, KB had eight when he was when he was tied for the most a couple years ago. He finished with eight that uh, season. I think, yeah, his all-pro year, so yeah, I think so. So yeah. he leads the league in INTs again, um, so that is my uh, my take. So we did our bowl predictions for, you know, player, you know, I guess our player props. Let's go our season predictions. And so – the Titans record in 2020, we don't necessarily have to go playoff run. And I think we all can assume that we want them to go to the Super Bowl. I put in a piece on BroadwaySportsMedia.com um, that we're losing again in the AFC title game to the Chiefs is what I put. A lot of other guys put losing to Baltimore, beating Baltimore, going to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl. They had all different takes, but I said losing to the Chiefs again. Um, so that's what I put, but I'm going to go, I'll start Titans go at least. So this is like, at worst, they go 10 and six in 2020 is what I think. This team's too talented, not to win more than nine games. Um, I think that nine and seven streak ends this year. I'm tired of that bullshit. Um, they win double digit games for the first time since 2008 schedules fairly easy. I think at the, either first Six weeks is kind of we'll find out exactly who the Titans are. Um, we knew last year they started two and four is when they picked it up, but I think it's opposite this year. I think they they want to start out the gate hot and uh, beat some of those better teams at the top of the schedule. So ten and six is my prediction. Twelve and four at the peak. Brett, what do you think? I think I'm with you. I think 10 and 6 is the prediction. It's so hard when you see a team go 9 and 7 so many times to say, hey, they're finally going to go 12 and 4 now. Uh, I, at the peak, I'd probably say 11 and 5. I think it's like you said, it's too talented of a team not to win double digit games. But we see year in and year out that the Titans have that one game where it's just, there's just nothing there. Like Buffalo a couple years ago and Baltimore a couple years ago when they shut us out at home. I think. Nine and seven is the least that this team will do. Eleven and five is probably the twelve and four. They can definitely get to twelve and four, but I see them probably going ten and six, and that's where I'll leave it there. I'll go ten and six with you as well. I, I was leaning eleven and five before today, uh, but then that Danielle Hunter news broke for the Vikings, uh, and I, I'm swinging. I, I had that as a loss for us. I'm swinging the other way, so I'm saying twelve and four. Uh, I think I think I agree with y'all. I think this is the year where we get back to double-digit wins, um, and I think 12 and, 12 and four is more than attainable with this roster. And, and don't forget too, there's a lot of normally it's it's when you talk about the AFC South and when you talk about who's the big wig in the AFC, the Titans are never mentioned. But now you look at Good Morning Football and they're saying that the Titans are the team that can take down the Chiefs. And you look on, you look on Get Up, they're saying, it's the, hey, it's, it's Baltimore, Kansas City, and then it's the Titans. So it's the first time in a long time that the Titans have even been mentioned out there at the top of who can win the AFC and actually get to the Super Bowl. And I really do think Clowney was that missing piece. I think that's what kind of tipped us over to the, kind of the national media scale. 
Yeah. There's never been a complete roster like this in Nashville, other than maybe 1999 when they first got there. There's never been a roster like this. I know. Even then, um, the wide receivers are more talented now. Yeah. Um, I don't We've never, the Titans have never had a true one, two out wide. Uh, the secondary is probably more talented than 99. Linebackers are probably more talented than 99. It's just, I'd have to go back and look and kind of compare the roster to then. The D-line, the D-line in 99-2000 was unreal, though. That might be the, that might be the one piece. But, I mean, like, you, oh, like y'all mentioned, though, too, you got Big Jeff now, though, too. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 we can all agree double digits is, is what we're uh, aiming for in 2020. I just think, uh, you know, in 2019, the motto was good to great. I think just now it's keeping up with that consistency. How do you continue to be great and – you made it to the AC title game. Awesome. It doesn't matter in 2020. How can you, how can you figure out how to beat the Ravens again? How do you beat the chiefs? How do you, you know, compete at the top for a while? Exactly. And last year it was not, you were not expected to get to the AFC title game this year. Half the people are expecting you to get to the AFC title game. Yep. Yep. 100%. I agree. Well, listen, week one starts in just a few days and uh, it starts in Denver and we'll kind of start on the Denver side. And some news broke just yesterday um, about Von Miller um, having an awful ankle injury. I, I love the guy. Von Miller is a fantastic personality. I love watching him play. You never want to see this happen. Um, so he's out for the season with an ankle injury. So Von is out. And, and there's news now from Tom Pelissero again that Bradley Chubb um, doesn't look good for him. He'll probably miss um, Monday, Monday night as well. So it's two of, you know, with two of the top 15, 20 pass rushers in the league on the Broncos that won't be playing. So that definitely favors the Titans. The The line even swung um, a few points, the Titans' direction for Monday night. So that helps out a lot. It's a young Denver team. I kind of – man, Denver's been just so hyped about all, all season. They had a really good draft. Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, Melvin Gordon, they got in the offseason. It's a good team. I just don't think they're ready yet. But – to counter that, they're pretty good opening up the season at home. So the the odds are in their favor there. But uh, you also got to remember they have a, a young quarterback who didn't really yeah. have an offseason. Um, yep. <clears throat> and I, I feel like that's super important for a second-year quarterback. So Seven starts under his belt, I believe, is the total yeah. number. So it looks nice, I, though. I, yeah. I, I, the Broncos will be good, you know, I think, a year or two. They're just not this year. Um I think they're going to be uh, severely overrated and kind of finish five and eleven, six and ten in that range. They're still in a tough division with the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Raiders. So um, we'll see. But I, I think the Titans have to just you know come out and do what they do: run the ball, play action with Tannehill. I'll, I'm interested to see really, guys, if if 2019's offense will look any different or similar, if not better, in 2020. Like, will we see more Darrington Evans? Like you said, Chris, I would love to see. Um, what they do with Darrington Evans, what we didn't do with Deion Lewis, if that makes sense. Oh, for sure. The, what Deion the, Lewis couldn't do. Yeah, exactly. I'm excited for him. And if the Titans and, get the ball first, I would not be surprised to see them just unload it. Let's like a, a run to Derrick Henry and then on first or second down, just unload it downfield to AJ or somebody. And then if they get to a third down, I wouldn't be surprised to see a little swing pass to Darrington like the Saints like to do with I I would just would not be surprised if the Titans yeah. just unloaded. They get the ball and, first. And another key thing is, you know, you mentioned, uh, Brett, you mentioned that we have an established one and two outside. We have an established number three in the slot with Hunt, yeah. who is yeah. fully healthy, uh, which we didn't get a lot of last season. 
And yep. we have an established speed guy, wide receiver, that we didn't have at the start of the season last year yep. uh, with Khalif. So, you know, between that that top four, John who ready to work, um, the two running backs, I'm excited about this offense. Lawson game. I mean, Kari Blossom is a nice little fullback piece, too. Yeah, he really was. Asap Park. Asap Park, yep. Asap yeah. Park. Yeah. I'm I mean, all in on nice, It's a nice offense. Though. I'm oh, all in on it. boy. I trust him in the offense now. Like at, at times <laughs> he would be in the game, and I'm like, why? Why are we throwing the ball at Anthony Furcher? But I, he's he's earned a spot on this team. So the boy catches everything. He does, man. does. I mean, if you look at it though, too, if, if when you look at the Titans tight ends, it's more in depth than you can ever think of it as well. Because we got Johnu and Ferg, then you got Michael Pruitt, and then Jeff Swaim's on the team now. For a while, it was Delaney only, and before that, it was Craig Stevens only. And now when you got – you're able to expand it and more. And this – it's not like Delaney was a better catcher than he was – he wasn't a bad blocker. Just he could he – he caught the ball better. Craig Stevens, better blocker, could also catch the ball. Now all the tight ends that you have, you have depth at tight end. Each one can do different things as well. Like Furt, John, you can catch the ball really well. Swain and Pruitt can block really well. But you flip it around, Pruitt and Swain can catch the ball really well and Ferk and John, you can block really well. So it adds in so much more when you're trying to spread the ball out wide and push it downfield as well. I think, uh, I think we'll Compton lose the team in tackles this year. What do y'all think? <laughs> Special teams tackles, maybe. <laughs> I am excited to watch Comp again, man. It's going to be fun. I, Take I, out, I know. Taking that Darren Bates role. Yeah. I uh, was watching Rashawn Evans. I'm, I'm skipping around here. I was watching Rashawn Evans on, um, Good morning, football. Last week or the week before, and they asked him if if Vrabel has he gone to Vrabel about you know playing some offense and in, in the red zone, getting some touchdowns like Vrabel did. And Rashawn kind of laughed about it and said, "Man, I've I've tried. I've, I went to his office. I've I've, I've tried to be in those uh, offensive meetings, and he, he he kicks me out every time. But I would love to see that too from <laughs> this team if uh, if uh, they throw a you know." Lawan or Questenberry or Dennis Kelly, somebody like that, to have, you know, big man touchdown. Would love to see some more Dory on offense like Malarkey did with, with, with him. So just I wouldn't mind seeing Rashawn Evans lined up at fullback and just pop somebody for Derek. <laughs> you know he's going to bust somebody. And they're like – those those two are like best friends, you know. So exactly. that'd be a, that'd be a crazy backfield. I'm just pumped, man. It's going to be a good season, I feel like. Um, there's just so much hype and so much to be excited for with this team. So, um, job good fantasy drafts, bro. Real good. I got one more tonight too. One more tonight after this, and then, but yeah, but yeah, bro. I'm in four leagues this time. It's the most I've ever been in. I got one with my family, one with my teammates here, and then two leagues outside of that. But it's, yeah. it's I'm hyped for it. I love it. Uh, last year, I made the decision to go down to one league, uh, and obviously, I'm, I'm sticking with that because it, it it was much. Uh, better on my mental health I feel like um, <laughs> but I mean I honestly felt like going into this going into my fantasy draft this year it was the most unprepared I've ever been for a fantasy draft a lot of people I've been talking to have said the same thing and I think it's because life's been so just, hectic and we no just don't we just don't know these guys either I mean we well, don't know a lot of does it feel like the NFL starts tomorrow to you guys it's not going to feel real until kickoff Probably yeah. even the day after. Like, I, it may not, I don't think it's going to feel real until there's a full slate of games on Sunday. It's going to be that morning after and be like, holy cow, we've really started this thing. Yeah. 
I'm excited. Their game tomorrow night's gonna be good. I'm here um, for I'm it. I'm all here for Watson it. Yeah. And try to prove his worth now with getting that contract. Mahomes will be Mahomes. The Chiefs will be fun to watch. I'm excited to watch Clyde Edwards. Hey, that's what I was about to say. Yep. So, um, while we're on this topic of this, is there a team in the AFC South you're scared for? I guess there's only two teams that we could talk about, honestly. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, nobody's scared of the Jaguars. <laughs> who, 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 who challenges the Titans more this year, the Texans or the Colts? I think the easy answer is the Texans because of Deshaun Watson. Um, I think so, too. I think the Colts are overrated, man. Um, I, 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 I think they have a heck of an offensive line, and I think they will continue yeah. to have a heck of an offensive line. But nothing about that team scares me. I mean, they really don't. I'm, I mean, the uh, – I'm not scared of Rivers at 37 years. How old is he? He's old. Oh. Uh, I'm not scared of him. Uh, I'm way more scared of Deshaun Watson uh, than I am of, of Phil Rivers in 2020. I think the Colts have a lot more depth than Houston does. That's what's going to help them a lot because their backfield has – it's not loaded right now, but it has the potential to be loaded with Jonathan Taylor and the rest of the guys they got coming out. So, uh, to be honest with you, I'm – I'm scared of both just because, one, we haven't seen the Titans win the division since 2008. So there's always that factor in there that can the Titans finally get over the hump. I'm, I, I don't want to start losing to the Colts again like we did for ever since we moved to Nashville and got put in their division. Like, I'm with Chris about how Deshaun – Deshaun is the biggest factor in the entire division because of what, cause we know what he can do. I'm interested to see if David Johnson can, can get, his, get his game back in Houston. The Colts, they're just – they're deep. That's the biggest thing with me. And like, they're kind of like the Titans. We don't know what they're going to put on the field, but really this, to me, this division is a toss up between all three teams. Jacksonville, we know what Jacksonville is going to be like. They're probably going to have maybe the number one pick. Hopefully not because I don't want them to get Trevor Lawrence, but it's going to come down to, obviously it's going to come down to Houston, Tennessee or Indianapolis. It's, it's totally a toss up right now. It does surprise me why so many um, outlets are having the Colts as the favorite. Like even the, the the odds for the Colts are the favorites to win the AFC South. It just, I don't I don't get it too much. They're a younger team. They have a great old line. Um, running backs could be dangerous, like you said. They just the receivers aren't there for me. Philip Rivers. Yeah, is, can you can y'all even name who their second and third receivers are? Zach Pascal and Paris Campbell. That is right. That is well, absolutely that. right. Do they scare you though? They, yeah, I mean, those not are, at all. Zach Pascal was a, is this the same uh, a training camp. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cut for us, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, they, uh, well, Michael Pittman Jr. That's a guy I drafted in a few leagues, late round, just because I think he can be something special. I think he can be a really good receiver uh, in the league. So he'll 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 have a chance to kind of shine in 2020. But uh, the Titans have to find a way to cover Ty though. Yeah, he's he's on. Have I'd have a Tory Shadowman. I've just let the door shut. Same thing, same thing with Will Fuller. Will Fuller always seems to eat against the Titans as well. Yeah. And he might he might be he might be their biggest maybe their, if he can stay healthy, their biggest threat this year with DeAndre being gone. All right, we'll wrap yeah. up this way as we always do for game week. Um we always give one prediction for the game. So a game prediction, not the score. What do you think actually happens in the game? So Brett, if you remember I always said Adore Jackson, punt return, kick return for a touchdown. Yep, never happened. But you said it every week, too. You said it's it never happened. Never, it's never going to happen. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'm going to stay away from that. All right, Chris, I'm going to go with you. I like when you said his name, a, a, a light came on my head. Monday night, Darrington Evans gets a touchdown. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> I take for Monday night. Week one. What you got, Chris? Tannehill has three tutties. Wow, nice. 
I'm going, I'm going Titans, like I said before, Titans unloaded first drive. You're going to see a 40 yard bomb to AJ down the field. Titans are going to score on their first drive. First drive, Love touchdown, it. seven nothing right away. Boom. Love Boom. it. All right. For Brett Bachelor and Chris Carter, I'm Austin Nelson. You are listening to the Second of Victory podcast. Get us on Twitter at Second of Victory. We are brought to you by the Broadway Sports Media Network. Follow us on Twitter as well at BroadwayTN and go to our website, broadwaysportsmedia.com. Uh, Titans, Monday night in Denver for week one. The 2020 season has um, officially begun. We're very excited for it and uh, we'll bring you great content throughout the year. And so, um, tighten up. Tighten up. up.